everybody. Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. I'm Joe Klimzeski with Tyler Weeb. And just to kick us off, Tyler, I have one question for you. Is ketogenic dieting good or bad? Choose. It depends. No, no. <laughs> no, I can't choose. I can't choose. It's, it's, awful. it's the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity or it's the best. I'm going to say no. It's, so it's, it's not the good. worst thing. It's the worst okay. thing. You know why? Go ahead. You can't have carbs and carbs are like the best. I, I would, I would probably look more at the empirical research and say well, that there's yes. not a single metabolic ward or inpatient study that shows it's anything but inferior. Um, but, and, and for those reasons, like there have been a lot of studies that show it is the least sustainable but here's, here's what I want to talk about today. The topic is civility and how to have productive, fruitful discussions about complex ideas, which is kind of the entire premise of the mind-muscle connection, right? You know, our, our goal is to help our audience gain maximum physical performance by thinking better. So of all the topics we discuss the central theme is always, how can this make me a better, healthier human being? And when I think of civility, it's obviously I'm picking this topic because it's probably one of the hottest things everybody's <laughs> talking about right now, but I don't think everybody necessarily gets down to the most foundational level. So you know, just, just before I go on, I, I'd love to hear when I propose this topic to you, what's the first thing that, that popped into your mind? Not what you say, it's how you say it. That's that. That's literally kind of the first thing that popped in my head. And you know, you can always you can say the most amazing amazing things in the world, and you may be you know dead right, you know, based off of you know evidence and so and so. But if you come across as a complete asshole and how you say it, guess what? There's probably not going to be many people that are going to want to listen to you. Yeah, I you know truly listen. In the last two days, I've listened to two academic podcasts. So these are, you know, high-level university professors, experts in their fields. And in both times, they they were points of challenge. So one person would give a position and then somebody would come in and say, absolutely not. You know, I don't believe that. Here is, and they would give an almost completely polar opposite description. And what would typically happen, what did happen is that, you know, there would be initially like, you know, this like, whoa, like, did he just say that? Like, they're really gonna, you know, go that aggressively. And then the other person would say, well, I think you're misunderstanding what I mean by this. And, and that person would articulate a position. This person said, well, well, sure, but this. And by the end of a conversation, what appeared to be two completely opposite positions ended up becoming more of a spectrum that was so nuanced that even each person walked away. The, the people, the experts having the discussion walked away with just a better appreciation for the opposite argument. And so, you know, I'm not even going to say they convinced each other to flip positions, but it certainly expanded their own understanding of each other's positions. And I don't think they would even walk away from that point ever being quite as aggressive again in defending their, their own uh, ideology. Does this happen to be the Lex Friedman podcast? Oh, that was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cause I, yeah. So I've, I, I love listening to that guy ever since you turned him on to me. Um, and just, I think, yeah, the way 
he's able to, you know, come from such a position of his own and ask the hard questions and create tension, but a certain amount of tension where, you know, there is respect for, you know, two opposite and polarizing um, positions. And I think, you know, one of the great things about that, and I think something that, you know, we can kind of weave into this discussion is I think almost to have that civility, you have to be very comfortable with your own position, because I think you almost have to be able to explain maybe a certain point in five different ways for someone else to get it. And so, you know, I might be butchering this, this saying, but you'll get the gist of it is, you know, if you're not able to explain something com or simple, complex, simply, then you don't truly understand that topic, right? And I think that could almost apply here of, you know, what is my position? How do I understand my position? And then, you know, how can I explain it from, you know, my own experience, my own perceptions in a way that someone else may be able to fully understand where I'm coming from, you know, a lot of, I think what gets lost is, is within that communication and kind of with this, you know, uh, gap of trust where, you know, we need to trust that that other person is, you know, authentically trying to explain themselves, um, you know, through their own experience, like I said. And so to be able to slow down and I think, you know, truly listen to that person again, I know we've talked about this in, in past podcasts, not while that person is talking, think of the next thing you're going to be saying, you know, can we actively listen? And we can maybe then start to filter that message, you know, like you said, into this spectrum here where we can maybe, you know, agree to disagree, if you will, like, okay, we can understand where each other is coming from, even if that doesn't still jive with our world view you know, that still might, you know, change that worldview in a small way where you see something a little bit differently down the road, you have a different kind of experience. And, you know, that just really comes with being civil and, you know, evolving as a human being. It, it, it's truly harmful, personally and collectively when we don't do that. I mean, going all the way back to Copernicus, who posited that the universe doesn't orbit the earth, and the literal church, which was the government, burned him at the stake. Uh, so lost his life just for proposing a scientific argument, which happened to be true. And any time that we aggressively contend against somebody else, that's that, that puts us in a position that someday with better understanding, we may owe that person an apology. And we just look like a total ass because we so vociferously defended a position that was wrong and we just didn't quite have enough knowledge. And so, you know, that, that's almost the point where we are self-limiting when we, when we don't have an open mind and, and the other podcast. So I was listening to that one, which was Friedman talking to a, a philosopher who, who promotes panpsychism and uh, Friedman is a little bit more of a reductionist, you know, materialist. He's a, an engineer. So um, not getting into all those details, but you know, he was able to kind of push back against this philosopher and make him explain himself better. And, you know, you could see them both kind of dancing around and they would say, well, okay, this, this, and there, it truly was very intellectually dance-like. Uh, and then uh, another one that I saw was uh, one of your countrymen, Jordan Peterson, <laughs> who was it, on a four and a half hour marathon podcast with Rogan, which mm. of course made all the news because they were making all these racist, bizarre comments. Um, and everybody knows, you know, Peterson is 
basically just kind of lost his mind. I mean, he he's this guy who is incredibly intellectual, but the line between genius and madness being very thin, uh, it seems like he's kind of crossed that a little bit. And, and he would come up with these hugely declarative, dogmatic statements, you know, sometimes in weird things like music is like this. And he said at one point, like when I had to think about this for weeks and the top of my head almost blew off when I figured it out. And I figured out the entire anthropological meaning of music. And, and, and then Rogan was like, yeah, I don't agree. And Peterson was like, you know, he didn't know what to do. And as Rogan explained himself how music was truly representative as an art form, you could see Peterson's having to shirk back. And because he was so dogmatic, he had to he, he had to defend himself or he would lose all sense of credibility. And it was just ugly. I mean, in the moment, he was losing his own argument in worse and worse in more embarrassing ways when had he just had a more open-minded, softer, like you said, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Had he just positioned himself to say, you know what I've been thinking? Here's a thought I've had, and it really seems to me that, but instead he just bulldozes every possible alternative explanation, and that leaves yourself painted into a corner, which is nothing but destructive. And you almost do yourself a disservice by by coming across that way because now you're closing yourself off to learn something potentially new right something that you know could bring you to that next step of understanding like you know just for this example music right and and you know the basis of it and things like that and so yeah it, you know it it's funny, like I'm always reminded of like uh, my wife, Stephanie, when, when she went to, to university, she did so many communication classes and learning how to speak and learning how to talk in front of a group and how to articulate and how to, you know, do all these things to just come across as someone who is competent, you know, and it really kind of made me just like realize that this is a skill and it's a skill that we don't get a lot of as we grow up. I mean, what's like, you know, everyone's biggest fear is like talking in front of a group, whether, you know, you're in grade three, four, five, or, or you're an adult, I mean, for the most people. And so, you know, I think it's just almost to be able to have that skill is such an important thing. You know, we've talked about how critical thinking is a skill, you know, communication is a skill, actively listening is a skill, you know, these are all things that we're just naturally not going to be very good at, at the very beginning. And so, you know, again, we kind of continue to brush up against this, uh, you know, our own bias thinking that we have to continue to kind of push through and work on these skills so that, you know, we can continue to become better communicators, understand more, uh, you know, be more comfortable with our positions or, you know, uncomfortable, if you will. So, yeah, it just, I just, I didn't watch the Joe Rogan Peterson debate, but it, it does seem that that skill, it does seem to be kind of missing somewhere. But it wasn't even a debate. It's, I mean, these wow. are two, these are two chums. Two people I think, talking. I think that's why they <laughs> let their guard down yeah. and got into so much trouble. But, you know, I, I was thinking there was actually another podcast I listened to, an MIT linguistic professor, and, and he said, your, your ability to succeed, your chances of doing well in life at all, occupationally, relationally, hinge on three things, your ability to speak, your ability to write, 
And I want to say the third one was your ability to read, but it may not have been. But he said in that order, your ability to speak, your ability to write. So in other words, your ability to communicate and express yourself. And his whole supposition through his lecture was to do it artfully. It's not that you know the most in the world. It's whatever you know, you can communicate it and articulate it in a way that captivates people and that it is winsome. You know, people want to be around you to hear you speak because that truly is the sum of social capital. How many people are in your orbit who want to be there and contribute to your life? Because when we, like you said, we can say the same things in such a horrific way that it repels people. People don't want to be around us. And, you know, as we look at our podcast here, I mean, we're, we're pretty young. I think we're still in single digits. Like this is eight or nine or something like that. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did not expect this. I did not know how this was going to turn out, but it seems like we're just creating different spokes on the same wheel. And that wheel keeps spinning. All these, all these topics we're talking about, you know, emanate from critical thinking and communication, open-mindedness and consciousness. And, and it's all related in a way that I think is pretty enlightening to me in a, in a sense I didn't understand it, which is what this professor from MIT said. You know, if you can speak well and write well and communicate well, that has to be emanating from a bedrock of being able to think well, because you're not going to care how people receive your information unless you're really internally empathetic and, and forward thinking from their perspective, not just your own. And as we talk to our community of, of hardcore fitness people, coaches, clients, you know, anybody in even performance sports, you know, this is what makes you better. This, this is that kind of humility to say, okay, I don't have to agree with everybody, but there may be some nuggets there to learn. I, I will tell you this, Tyler, uh, this panpsychist that I was listening to interviewed by Lex Friedman at the point in time, he kind of put all his cards on the table. Like Friedman, I kind of disagreed with him. And I, I reached for my phone in the middle of my leg workout to literally turn it off because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to waste my time. I know this guy's deal and I don't agree. It's not worthwhile. But then I thought, no, I'm going to, you know, you know, that was my reflex. But then my brain said, no, give me a chance, give me a chance that, you know, there may be richer stuff later. And sure enough, as I described this dance and Lex is kind of probing and prodding his ideas it did elucidate way better information that I would have missed had I just been closed minded and said, Nope, I don't agree with you. I'm going to shut it off. And you know, that's what we as athletes often do. We, we isolate in our little camps and we don't let any other information in. Yeah, <laughs> that was very wonderfully said. I'm like sitting here listening, like, yeah, keep going. Like, this is really good. So, and I kind of, you know, I, I like how, you know, I, I, we just kind of keep coming back to Friedman just because of, I think he's just such a great interviewer. And, and that's, and that's what the one thing I love talking to someone new, because I love just ask, asking questions, like put me, like put me in a party situation, you know, a couple other people and, you know, you get someone going, you start asking them questions about yourself and like, you're able to kind of like learn all these cool little things. Like, I, you know, just the things you can learn about a profession, their expertise. I mean, there are so many people out there that are experts in these things that we literally have, you know, maybe no absolute clue about. And, you know, to be able to poke and prod and ask questions and, you know, go down rabbit holes with people, I think is, 
is kind of a gift because of just, you know, all the things that are out there. And I mean, you can't know it all, right? I mean, you, you literally cannot know it all. And yeah, it's such a cool exploration of a human experience by just asking questions, listening, learning, and communicating that person, you know, with that person just on, you know, a very basic level of, hey, I'm interested in you, you know, tell me about yourself. So yeah, that, you know, be able to ask questions, communicate, you know, especially in, in our fitness industry, you know, where, our fitness is, I should say ours, but the fitness industry, you and I own it. Yes. Yes. It it is ours. Yeah. (laughs) They, it is, you know, such a, an industry of extremes. Um, the, the way it swings back and forth between, you know, this camp and that camp keto water fasting one meal a day, you know, intermittent fasting, all of those, you're just, you're going to quickly isolate yourself and cut yourself off from, you know, a a community at large that could, you could learn a ton from and better your physique, better, you know, your mindset, whatever it might be. Um, And like we've talked about, you know, it's just at the end of the day, we are kind of basic animals that love to get into our tribes. And it's a very hard thing that you said, you know, your initial, you know, your initial mindset was to just turn it off. I know what he's going to talk about. I know I already don't agree. But hey, you got something out of it. And I think we, you know, as hard as it is, you know, I, it's not like I'm an expert at all of these things. You know, we talk about them, but that doesn't mean that you and I don't struggle with these things, these things ourselves. Um, you know, to be able to kind of get past that, that immediate mindset of, okay, you know what? I'm still gonna go into it skeptical. That's okay, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to listen, right? You got to create that gap. Well, and the reason I held up this book, it, it dawned on me that I have a habit before every one of our mind muscle connection podcasts is I, I put an entire stack of books beside me that kind of, I feel like I want to get to because that, you know, each, each author is so valuable in, in the discussion. And what you were just describing is the amygdala, which Robert Sapolsky, you know, who retired from Stanford and is a, you know, neuroendocrinology primatologist, uh, you know, he wrote this seminal book, Behave. And it's all about primates and the fact that our initial reaction is always going to be threat, non-threat, threat, non-threat. That's what we're always trying to assess. And even just the realm of ideas, if somebody disagrees with us, that's a massive threat. That's a threat to our entire existence. Because if they if they believe something totally the opposite of us, they are a them. And, and you know, we, we got to draw the battle lines. And so we we are asking people to, to create a you kind of a force wisdom, you know, maybe when you're 50, 60, 70 years old and you become this, you know, just cerebral. Yes. Off of the mountain, right. Yeah. You're you're, coming to the top of the mountain for your answers. You're the Zen master of your, your field. But, you know, unfortunately when we're in our twenties and thirties and forties, like that's when we should be having that attitude because that's when we, we can absorb and utilize the most information. So going back to your point about all the different, bifurcations of ideas in our fitness industry, nutritionally training for you to have the temperance just to say, okay, I'm going to listen to everybody. I'm going to question. I'm going to ask other people, you know, why they agree or disagree with this person and pick it apart and read. And I don't have to have definitive yes or no answers to everything. I just have to keep learning. That's our only goal. 
you know, the you'll, you'll experiment, you'll try different things nutritionally and through training methodology and coaching and so forth. But just to, to say yes to everything, like your, your initial reaction shouldn't be threat. No, it should be let me investigate because it's, it's truly not life or death. You know what we're discussing here. No, no. So it, it makes me think of one, one last thing. I'll close with this and then I'll, I'll let you say what you want to end here, Tyler. But one more thing that Lex described in this podcast, he, he pulled out a quote from David Foster Wallace. And, uh, you know, I've got infinite jest and, you know, consider the lobster. I, I love I love David Foster Wallace. Uh, he said that his his seminal thought his mantra to you know if he could give one one just just not, not even hyperbolic but but just one sentiment for all of life he said every single person should seek to become unborable mm-hmm. so one of the greatest modern philosophers of our era said if you want to live the richest happiest healthiest life seek to be a person who cannot be bored you know what that means that means you look at everything with amazement, like, whoa, let me check that out. Let me learn that. Whoa, that's amazing. Oh, let me check that out. Let me, and it's and you got that open mind. And this is this was, you know, if you haven't read or listened to anything of David Foster Wallace, you should at least look him up on YouTube and watch some of his commencement speeches and lectures. Yeah, phenomenal guy. But anyway, closing thoughts from you, Mr. Weeb. You know, that's kind of funny. We kind of had the same track of mind. I just kind of came out like the more you know the more humble you become and the more you realize how much you don't know. And that's the exciting part I thought, right. Is you start to go, Holy shit. I don't know that much. Like, (laughs) you know, there are some, you know, very, very, very smart people out in the world that know all of these crazy things. Um, And to be able to, I mean, like you said, you know, be excited, be in awe of that. Like, one of my one of my favorite things to do. This is gonna sound a little a little odd. Is to like go into like a, a, a Wikipedia page or, or whatever, and I can understand like you know every third word, right? Like you you get into some of these advanced math stuff that these people are doing, and just I'm going in there. Yeah, I'm like I understand the and you know and that's about it. And there's just it blows like it's a different language basically that you know you're you're reading and it's you know math. So that's, you know, I think just the fascinating type of stuff where you can humble yourself um, and yeah, and just really realize how much you don't know. And I think that can help you in, in, in being a little bit more open-minded because yeah, you just kind of see how, how much is out there to, to, to learn and, and to, you can't even really get even a baseline knowledge of. <laughs> and everybody is complaining right now that our world is on fire. Our world is falling apart. The polarization that's why this topic will be talked about more and more because you know evolution is a fine fine filter even social evolution and we will destroy ourselves if we don't relearn in this age of social media and mass information how to be civil how we can disagree with people and yet still have a conversation walk away friends and and better for it actually instead of you know angry and resentful so tyler as always uh, amazing information. Glad, glad you're with me on this journey. And uh, we will see you guys next time in the Mind Muscle Connection.